Peter, have you got to join us? Sorry, we went, uh, we went a little bit offline. We're having a little bit of uh, technical difficulties this morning with uh, regards to the, the fiber and everything. So we trust you guys are back online again, and I trust that you guys are able just to hear what we've got to share this morning. If not, you have to go in and out again, and so we really trust that you guys will hear what the Word of God is to say this morning. I want to just make a few announcements quickly, and then I'm going to introduce the leadership of the church to you. Um, just remember, every Sunday now at 8.30, our kiddies' church starts for about 15 minutes, where we give the kiddies a lesson, and then we will have worship, and then we'll have the Word. But between the kiddies and the, the, the worship, you remember, you're going to go in and out as we go from our, our computer system onto our live system. So you're going to have to just watch the kiddies' system all go straight onto the live thing at 9 o'clock. And then straight after the service, those of you who want to stay online, you're able to, we're going to have 15 to 20 minutes of prayer. So if any of you have got any needs or you want prayer requests or you're not feeling well, you want us to pray for somebody, just in the comment section, just tell us your prayer needs. And as we tell you the prayer needs, we'll pray for you afterwards. We've got staff here that are busy writing down exactly what needs to be done. Then also don't forget that... Uh, um, our office will be open every Wednesday from 9 to 1. So if you want to bring your tiles in or you bring your clothes in or you want to bring food in or whatever it might be, our office is going to be available um, at that time. All right. Just uh, a quick thing as well. I'm going to introduce the leaders to you this morning. And as I introduce the leaders to you, I just trust that you're going to be able just to be able to stand a little bit better of what we are doing. We just want to make sure that you guys are all live and we're all good. This media guys, you're all good. Are we there? It's still cut out again? Is it on? Sorry, we're just checking all our stuff here. It's on. Yeah. So you see if we're online? Can everyone hear us? Sorry, guys. We've got a whole staff here this morning trying to get this online thing working this morning. Can you guys hear me? All right, just want to make sure that everyone can hear me and that our sound is up and running. All right, let's just, let's just spend this time to open up in prayer. And then just, Father, we, we come against any glitches, Father. We come against anything that would hinder the word this morning. And Lord, we pray that you'd come in Jesus' name. I pray for your presence in this house. I pray, Holy Spirit of God, that you would fill us till overflowing. I pray that you strengthen us like never before. I pray, Holy Spirit of God, that you would just come and, and almost hem us in, front and back right now, in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. Are we up and running, guys? Are we all good? We're all good? Just making sure that everyone's live and you guys can hear us. Just send us a thumbs up there if you guys can hear us. If you guys can hear us, please give us a thumbs up so we know exactly what you guys are, are listening to. I'm going to just move the camera quickly and I'm going to announce the leaders um, to you guys. We'll show you the guys, the leaders for 2020 or 2021, 2020 is finished, and then you guys know exactly where it needs to go. So we're just going to move the camera for a second. All right, I'm just going to uh, introduce to you the, the staff firstly and the functions of the staff this year. Um, and so um, as we get the slides up and running, then I will we'll announce it to you. Okay, Dominic, you can go. All right, we have Amy. Amy, we all know Amy. Amy's in charge of our social media um, and then our, our ministries and our online stuff. So 
just make note of that. Then Andrew Johnson this year will be serving as an elder in the church. And Andrew's responsibilities this year will be men of honor as he take care of them. Any outreaches that they plan on the church plans, Andrew will take charge of that. And then Andrew has also a team that will then take care of all the new believers and those that are coming in to the church. The next person, we've got Brandon Parker. Brandon is on the staff as well. And Brandon is responsible for youth and as well as the media. So there's Brandon's face. You know where he is. There we've got Diervold. Diervold is serving as the elder this year in the church as well. And so his responsibilities will be in music. Um, the worship and then of course the media to make sure that everything runs smoothly so i need you guys to take note of who's in the zoo if you want to get involved then we have hendrik from us and hendrik responsibilities he runs our prayer and fasting group so if you want to be part of the prayer and fasting group it's a whatsapp group they fast once a month they pray for prayer requests every single day it's quite a big group of them if you would like to be added to the prayer and fasting group um, I want to ask you a favor. You can just WhatsApp us on that 071 number, the church's number. It'll come up on the screen now, now. And you can just give us your number and your name. And then we'll forward to Hendrik and make sure that Hendrik adds you to that group. All right. Then we've got Kathy. Kathy is part of the staff. And her responsibilities this year, among other things, will be pastoral to helping me just run the church. And Chantal, she's going to head up the life groups and as well as the team leaders and then she'll also be arranging bible study once a week so just take note of that then you know who i am that's fine we can have all the other jobs um then we got mark bradley mark is also an elder this year in the church and uh, he'll be running with the building of fisco and the building um yeah in um in herald road as long as as well as he runs our finances and make sure that everything there is up to date then we've got Nicola, we know Nicola, Nicola runs our children's ministry, so you'll see her every Sunday at after 8. If you want to get involved in Sunday school, or become a Sunday school teacher, that's the lady you need to speak to. Alright, then you've got Chantal, Chantal helps me pastorally around the church. She's also heads up all the counselling, so if you need counselling in any area of your life, uh, doesn't mean that Chantal or myself are going to counsel all the time, that she will be able to refer you to qualified counsellors within the church if she is unable to do it and then she also runs the movement's ministry for 2021. Then you've got Sean, Sean is on the eldership this year and his responsibility is to be marketplace so if you've got a business or you're in any form of a um, managerial position or whatever please give Sean a call, ask him quickly to just add you to the marketplace group, there's a group that just spend time praying for each other for each other's businesses so ask Sean to add you to that group as well. Then we've got Stephen Collinson. Stephen is on eldership this year with us as well. And Stephen's responsibilities this year will be building, the feast come building. He's taken under his wing. He says, I haven't got enough time to run that as well. And then he'll be charged with the maintenance of all the buildings as well. So that's what Stephen Collinson will be doing. All right. So that will be the leadership for this year. And um, I trust that you all understand a little bit more. Um, just please, guys, you know, make a special effort just to get to know these guys um, that you've seen their faces now. If you're going to get involved in life groups, you want to get involved in group leaders, you want to get involved in anything, um, I just ask that you just WhatsApp the, or WhatsApp the church's number or phone us. Um, on a Wednesday, our number at the office is 041-367-3797. Oh, 041-367-3797. right, we got that. All right, I want to share a word with you this morning that... That really just, I don't know, it really stirred me this weekend. You know, after many, many years of ministry, it's always cool when you get this kind of revelation 
in what it is I want to share with you this morning, about, uh, entitled my topic this morning, you know, the warrior inside of you. Now, I must say to you that over the last couple of weeks and months, I've never attended or done so many funerals as what I have. And uh, it's been one of those crazy seasons where we just do sometimes two funerals a week, every week, um, just going, attending funerals, doing funerals, you know, from old people to youngsters to anywhere. It has been the craziest season in my life. But it's also been crazy in the sense of that God really starts to speak to us. And every time we, we have one of these funerals, every time we, we have one of those moments, God really starts to stir something in our hearts. God really starts to stir what it is. And this week, um, Wednesday, we attended Michael Mark's funeral. Michael Mark is 59 years old. He passed away from COVID as well. And he lives in Durban. And so we had the funeral here in Port Elizabeth. And, and just right at the outset of, uh, of his, of his um, uh, um, funeral, um, Uncle George read a scripture. And a scripture that really just, really just stirred something in me. And I, and, I, and I probably didn't understand it the way that I've understood it like this before. And I want you to turn me to Hebrews 12 this morning. All right. I want you to turn to Hebrews 12. I'm read from there. Now, I'm going to read out the New Living Translation this morning, but I want, you, I want you really to listen to me this morning because I really had this revelation this week of, of who we are in God and the incredible effort and time that God is putting to each and every one of our lives and the incredible calling that God has upon our lives. Sometimes I think we feel like we're just out there by ourselves. Sometimes we think we wonder, you know, um, is God real this week? I, I went onto Facebook and I was reading a post by the Christian consensus and uh, they were appealing to the government to say, you know what, can't we open churches? And, and I want to say something to you this morning is that the church has not got a good reputation at the moment. That when I read through the comments that people had put underneath, just simply saying, guys, you know, government, you know, if we can do funerals of 50, surely we can have services of 50. It's the same thing, potato, potato. Why are we closing a church and, and we can do funerals? Why are we closing a church when we can go to the casino? Why are we closing a church when we go everywhere? And um, the comments that came out underneath of, oh, they, oh your tithe's running out. Oh, you guys need money. And the whole thing was so anti-church. And I just spat, sat back for a minute. I thought, sure, is this really what the world thinks of us? It, and, and I know, please, you know, everyone says, don't take social media. But, you know, we've got these keyboard warriors. But, but it's a real concern to me that so many of South Africans feel the way they do about church. That, that they don't see the fact that we're there to take care of the needy and feed the hungry and pray for the sick and, and all these kinds of things. Although they convince, and, and please don't get me wrong, because I think many of them aren't wrong. Because I think a lot of churches have portrayed out there is money, 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 money. And, and we've seen pictures of, of guys really missing their calling and, and all they're riding around is Bentleys and have private jets and, and yet their people are starving. And I think somewhere along the line, we're going to wake up as a church. If we're going to be effective in this new South Africa, if we're going to be effective in this post-COVID, you know, operation or whatever it is that we're journeying right now, we really need to understand the calling of God upon our lives. We really need to come to a place where God is the most important thing in our lives. And we need to come to a place and live in such a manner that people cannot speak badly about us. That people have, cannot have a bad uh, um, uh, comment about the church. And often I look at Christians and I think, how well are we doing? How well are we doing in not just what we speak? Because to say something 
is, is so easy, but to live out what you speak is a whole different thing. You know, the, the one person said to me once, the most effective way of reading the Bible is living it. And they said, you might be the only Bible that people will ever see. And I often wondered, what, is it, what do people see in me? What is it that people see in, each, in other Christians and, and believers? I think we all make up our mind what it is. But the scripture in 12 Corinthians, uh, Corinthians 12, I'm sorry, Hebrews 12, says this. He says, therefore, since we have been surrounded, listen to this, I want you to have a mental picture of what I'm saying to you right now. Because the scripture says, therefore, since we have been surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life, our life of faith. Listen to that. He says, every one of you have been surrounded by a huge crowd, listen to this, of witnesses uh, attesting to your, your life of faith. And let us strip off every weight that will slow us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. And as I as the, the pastor read this, I, I had this picture in my mind, so I, I went to a commentary, and, and the one guy on the commentary said to me, he, he read it like he says, since we have been in an arena of witnesses that have gone before us, and immediately, I don't know, you guys have watched Spartan and Gladiator, and you know, it was, that was the period that, that Paul was busy writing this thing. And I had this, this picture in my head, of just, he says, he, the word says, all the witnesses that have gone before, all the saints that have gone before, all those people that have moved on, he says, there is an arena that as you enter this arena, they are there cheering you on to fight a battle. And I, for the first time in my life, I thought about it, and I thought, that is the coolest example I ever got. Because every morning I wake up now, I understand the corner God upon my life. I understand that there's witnesses and I understand that my Oma's in the crowd and she's watching. And believe it or not, my dad's in the crowd and he's screaming. My uncle's there and my, my daughter's there. And all these people that have gone before us, the word of God says, are witnesses. They surround us, all right, of the life of faith that we're living. Just, just think of that for a second. Just think of that for a second. Because I think so many, so often, so many, so often, Many of us wake up and we think we're just going to exist. We just think, oh, we're going to do the Christian thing and we're going to say a prayer quickly and um, we're going to say, you know, read a couple of Bible verses. But the word of God says that if you're a believer of Jesus Christ, that if you believe that he died and rose again for you, that every morning that you wake up and you step off that bed, you step into the arena of life. And all those that have gone before you, are watching and witnessing your life. Now that freaked me out completely. Because that, I thought, wow, it's so true that dad and, and Kerry and my daughter and my uncle Mark and Uncle Charlie and my omas are there watching what am I going to do with my life. And we all know the feeling when you wake up or you play rugby or provincial or school or whatever. Man, when you run out of that tunnel, whether you're playing rugby or whether you're playing soccer or whether, whatever you play. Now there's one thing that, that always becomes, makes us so enthusiastic. And I remember even as a kid, and I think everyone that ran or, or you know, did any provincial sport, any school sport, there was this thing that they would line up this tunnel at the sports field. I don't know if you guys remember. And, and we would come running out. And I'll tell you something, running through that tunnel and everyone screaming and shouting and cheering you on. It, it just lifts you completely. And as I just had this picture of my mind, in my mind of this, this massive battleground. 
and this arena with all the saints from the past being there, standing there, cheering me on. And it says there that they cheer us on. And I was wondering this morning, you know, what does my life look like for somebody that is sitting in a grandstand? You know, what does my life look like um, to people around me? And you know, we could understand something, that the word says that, uh, do you see, uh, the scripture in, in the Mission Bible says, do you see what this means? All these, these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on. That's an incredible scripture. It's an incredible thing that says the pioneers and, and all the witnesses and all those great men of God are cheering you and I on to become that God has purposed uniting me. And, and I just thought about looking at these gladiators. And you've got to understand something, that most of those gladiators were slaves. And so they were fighting for their freedom, but more than anything, they were fighting for their lives. And, and you and I have a choice this morning, because you see, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That our sins have been dealt with, in a sense, and that we don't come as a slave into the arena to fight for our lives at the moment. That because of Jesus, we now come into the arena confident, we come to the arena bold. We come to the arena knowing that God has a purpose and God has a plan and God has a calling upon our lives. I want you to read you this morning, and, and we all know the scripture. It's one of the, the scriptures that we probably use the most. But it's Ephesians 6. And I want to read out the TPD version this morning. Because as soon as I started to think about the arena of life and how they're cheering us on and how all our previous, uh, 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 predecessors all around us, I started thinking about why God mentioned the full arm of God in our lives. Because a gladiator and a warrior doesn't go to war without armor. And this is the problem, I think, often in church, that we read over the scripture and we think, you know what, our battle's not against flesh and blood. And we, we almost can quote this stuff. But, but for me, when I looked at Ephesians 6 now, in the light of what I've just read in Hebrews 12, it makes a massive difference. It makes a massive difference to me because I knew that when I watched these movies and I watched Spartan and I watched The Gladiator and I watched all these things, there was one thing that every single warrior had to do is he had to suit up. And not just suit up, but he had to have his shield and his sword and whatever instrument or whatever weapon he chose to fight with, that's what he'd go to arena with. And yet, in the, in the TPT version, Ephesians 6 says, now my beloved ones, and, and we miss that. This is God speaking to those that love him. He's speaking directly to us. This is not just, oh, well, it's one of those things that, you know, every believer out there or every, not every believer, but every person out there. No, no. He's speaking specifically to us. And he says, I have saved these most important truths for last. Have we ever thought about that? Have we ever thought about how important the truth is in our life? He says, and this is one of the most important uh, things that I want to leave you. He says, and I love the way the passion says, it says, be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus Christ. He says supernaturally infused. What does that mean? We all know that when you infuse stuff, you add two greens together to get a different result. And he says that as a warrior, that as a believer of God, that as a child of God, he says that when you and God come into the intimate relationship, God infuses who he is in your life and you become so much more of a warrior. He says, stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. And I love that piece because so often we think that we're on our own. So often we think that God is not hearing us. So often we think, why is God allowing this virus? Why are we going through what we do? And the words clearly says that God's explosive power flows within us. Now, now take that into context of what I just read. 
and see yourself this morning being a warrior, coming into the arena with all the witnesses. You've been infused with God's power. You've been supernaturally strengthened, that God's explosive power is flowing through you. And then he says this. He says, and put on God's complete set of armor provided for us. Complete, not just one of them, but he says, put on the complete armor of God that he has provided so that you will be able to protect as you fight against the evil strategies of the accuser. Now, I know you've heard this before, but I want to say this clearly, that you and I do not understand that you and I are in a battle every day of our lives. That if there's one thing that the enemy wants to do is destroy you, it's destroy your family, it's destroy your friendships, it's destroy your finances, it's destroy your workplace, it's destroy your church. It's an ongoing thing. The word actually says that he goes around like a roaring lion seeking who he might devour. And, and why am I going through this again? Because most of you don't know that you're in a battle. Most of you think you're just spectators to what is happening around you. Somehow you think that this scripture is just for the worship team and the pastors. And it's not for the rest of us. That, uh, you know what, the pastor can fight his battles and, and you know what, the worship team can fight the battles with Devolt. But we don't understand. He says, he says, my beloved ones. He speaks to every one of them. He says, you've got to get this into your head. That this thing that you're doing called life, it's just not something that you mosey through. In the last couple of weeks, I've, I've, I've been through so many emotions and understanding how real the battle is. That, that at times I can bury someone that is old and, and it's, not, it's not a big thing to me because they've lived their life and, they, and they've just been good at what they've done and they've, they've been real pioneers and they've been real you know, men and women filled with the Spirit of God. And so to let them go, we just know they're going to a better place. And then we bring guys that are in their 40s and 50s. And I think to myself, sure, how much of their life have they really completed? And then I'm bearing 16, 17, 18-year-old kids. And I think to myself, their life hasn't even started yet. The journey hasn't even started yet. And, and, we, and we lose them young because we don't teach them that there's a war going on for their lives. You know, the Word of God says simple things. It says, bring a child up in the ways of the Lord and I'll never depart from it. And I think we need to get to that place to understand that this walk that I'm walking is just not about me. And this is the issue, that so many of us are just doing this Christian thing because we're terrified of hell. You know, we, we, we don't want to go to hell. We, we don't want to die. And so we just do the Jesus thing. And we do the Jesus thing, but we don't do Jesus in the process. We don't understand that there's a war raging. We don't understand that God has a purpose and a plan for your life and my life. And we just get up in bed, in, out of bed in the mornings, and we just mosey through what it is that God wants to do in our lives, or what we believe that God wants to do in our life, and we never seek Him at the end of the day. He says, listen to this, he says, okay, your hand-to-hand -hand combat is not with human beings, but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realm. He says, your hand-to-hand -hand combat, this is, not, this is not one army going up and taking on another army. He says, your hand-to-hand -hand combat, your personal struggle, your personal battle each and every day. How does that look? And that's what he's asking you. Are, are you beating the addictions in your life? Are you, are you running your finances properly? Are you being a good father? You know, are you teaching your kids the things of God? Are you teaching your kids how to grow up in the things of God? Because we're raising not just a generation, but we're raising an army behind us that have to do better than us. Because whether you like it or not, you and I are going to be sitting in that arena one day as a witness, as a pioneer. And we're going to be sitting there and we're going to be helpless to watch our kids enter that arena. Because what we've left in behind is all that they have. 
And I just see this mental picture of my grandson entering the arena. I think, God, I haven't taught him anything about battle. I haven't taught him anything about spiritual warfare. I haven't taught him about the important praise. I haven't taught him how important the word of God is, how good fellowship is. And then we wonder why our families and our kids and our loved ones get plundered by the enemy. Because somewhere you and I just haven't walked out to that arena yet. We haven't taken up that place that God wants, what God wants to do in our lives. And I just want to continue reading this, but I want you to hear what I'm saying. He says, for they are powerful class of demons, uh, de demon gods, and evil spirits that will hold this dark world in bondage. We see that happening right now. And because of this, you must wear all the armor that God provides to you, your protection, as you confront the slander. For if, it, if, if you are destined for all things, um, you, you will raise victorious. He says, listen, he says, put on the truth as a belt. Strengthen your stand and your triumph. He says, put on the belt. What is he speaking? He's speaking about the truth. Do you know the truth? The word of God says something. He says, the truth shall set you free. And so often I wonder, how much of the truth do we really know? Have we really seeked after the truth? Have we really searched the word of God? Have we spent the time with God saying, God, what is the truth? Or just, the word says, the Paul writes, he says, that at the end, many will be deceived with every wave of doctrine, he says, that will be thrown around. And we tend to grab a gospel, or we tend to grab a doctrine that's just easy. And then we think we're just going to walk into the arena and the spiritual realm is going to collapse in front of us. And we don't understand that, that his walk is not easy. If Jesus' walk was easy, then ours would be easy, but his walk wasn't easy. And sometimes we're so lethargic when it comes to the things of God. This is why I want to get this picture of an arena in your head. He says, find out what the truth is. He says, because the truth is going to strengthen you and give you triumph. He says, put on holiness as a protective armor that covers your heart. And what is he speaking about? He speaks about intimacy with God, but knowing not about God, but knowing God. He says that when your heart is protected, when there's, when there's this breastplate of, of righteousness over your breast, in a sense, you know what? The enemy cannot attack you. He, say, he carries on, he says, stand on your feet alert. Then you'll always be ready to share the blessings or the gospel or the salvation message or the message of peace. He says, in every battle, take faith as wrapped around your, around your shield, for it is able to extinguish the blazing arrows coming at you from the evil one. Embrace the power of salvation, full deliverance, like a, like a helmet to protect your thoughts and lies, and take the mighty razor-sharp spirit, um, spirit sword of the spoken word of God, and pray passionately in the spirit as you constantly intercede with every form of prayer at all times, praying the blessing of God upon all his believers. And I love that scripture because I've just seen it differently this time. I've seen it completely differently what God wants to do and say in your life and my life. And I know the last few weeks I've been really being hard on this whole thing of, come on, let's be effective. You know, come on, let's step into things of God. Let's, let's fall in love with Jesus. Let's be, we've got the time now, guys. We've actually physically got the time. You know, it's tough for most of you. I don't know much you're saying to me, we really miss church. But let me tell you something. This is the time to fall out of love with the church and in love with God. Because many of you come to church simply because you need a word or you need a prayer or you, or you need something. But this is a season where the church is closed and we've got to rely on our own relationship with God and we see so many of our brothers falling apart. They, they can't handle what is happening around them because they say, because we've got no church.
But can you imagine if you'd stepped into a place with God where you are spirit-filled at the moment, and you're spending time in prayer, you see yourself as this warrior every morning waking up, you've got all those things under control, you step into the arena, all the people have gone before you, everyone's watching you, watching you, what you can do with your life. There's one thing about South African sports, and it's this. That always the best rugby players or the best cricket players or the best umpires or the, or the best um, 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 coaches are always sitting in the stands. We always watch. Oh, that ref, he doesn't know what he's doing. Oh, what is that eighth man doing again? Can you believe that guy? We always sit in the stadium. But things have to change. You see, because we don't want our very best on this, in the stadiums. We want our very best on the field. In 2 Corinthians, uh, sorry, 2 Timothy 2, verse 1 to 4, he writes this and he says, Timothy, my dear sons, and, and, and Hendrik gave this before the service today, he says, live your life empowered by God's free-flowing grace, which is your true strength found in the anointing of Jesus and your union with him. Listen to that. Live your life, and this is a TPD version, live your life empowered by God's grace. And, and when Hendrik read it this morning in the prayer time, I thought, wow, this, this, is, this is something that I need to get. I know I've been ministry 25 years. But he says we need to live by this free-flowing grace that empowers us, that strengthens us. He carries on, he says, which is your true strength found in the anointing of Jesus and your union with him. And all that you have learned from me confirm the integrity of my life, deposit into faithful leaders who are competent to teach congregations and the same revelation. Overcome every form of evil as a victorious soldier of Jesus Christ, the anointed one. He says, you've got to understand something that you're in a battle. And even he writes and he says, you've got to be a victorious soldier in what you're facing. You have to be a victorious soldier. And I know this sounds a bit harsh this morning, but listen to me, church. It's time that we wake up. It's time that we stop having these negative comments about church. And people are saying, but you know what? You guys have prayed and the COVID thing is still here. Why do we need church? Church hasn't made any difference to our lives. And there's truth in that. There's truth in that because of many churches, and, and probably including us, haven't made the impact that we've meant to have made during this COVID thing. I know pastors that have been hiding in their houses for, I don't know, for a year. I know people that haven't moved out their front door. I know people that have, they go to the shop at home, shop at home, that's it. And we haven't been the eyes and the ears and the feet and the nose and the, of Jesus during this time. And it's not because I've been harsh on you. I'm saying to you, this is the season where you have to step up, where you have to come into the fullness that God has for you. That you've got to understand there's a purpose and there's a calling and there is an anointing over your life. Verse 3 says in 2 Timothy, it says, Overcome every form of evil as a victorious soldier as a read of Jesus Christ. For, for every soldier called to active duty must divorce himself from the distractions of this world so that they may fully satisfy the one who chose him. That's huge. He uses the word divorce in this thing. An absolute separation. A separation from the things that distract in your life. And it's fact. It's fact that so many of us, you know, sport is sometimes more important than, than, than church life and what we do. Sometimes our family is more important. Sometimes making money or getting a title or starting a business is so much more than, than what God has called us to do. He says you've got to divorce yourself from every distraction, all right, 
that, of this world that will may, may, sorry, let me go again, must divorce himself from the distraction of this world so that he may fully satisfy the one who chose him. You know, just as Hendrik read that piece this morning during the prayer meeting, I just, something really stirred in me. Something really stirred in my life. I and mean, I just thought to myself, yo, how many things in my life there are now, now that I need to be separated from? Because during COVID, you know, you know, in a few weeks' time, we've been in lockdown a year. 313 days as it is now, something like that. What have we done with those 300 days? What have we done with those 300 days? Not just in church life, but what have we done with those 300 days in our personal life? Have we become warriors? Do we understand who we are in Christ Jesus? Do we understand the word says that there's an arena of people that have gone before us that are watching every move that we make? Do we understand that God has given us the full arm of God? Why? Because God knows that we're going into battle. You know, like people always say, you, you never take a knife to a gunfight. And I think this is often where we are in church. We're going to take a knife to a gunfight. And we don't realize the importance that there are people watching, that God is watching every move that you make. And he says, you've got to be a soldier that divorces yourself from the things that distract you. And I think for many of us, we need to find out what's distracting us right now. You see, I'm preaching this word because I am desperate to see the church stronger than ever before when we get back. I don't want people open this church in a month's time or whatever, and we just have people limping in here. You know, where they've forgotten to read their word. They don't know what prayer time is anymore. They're not part of a home cell. They don't want to lead a home cell anymore. They don't want to be part of a prayer group. We're going to walk in with like a, a field hospital of injured people, or we're going to walk in and open those doors, and we see the warriors of God start to walk into the church because they know their calling and their purpose and their destiny that God has for them. They know the anointing of God upon their lives. That is the church that needs to open up when the government releases things. People that are able to worship in spirit and in truth, not worry about words on a song, on a screen, but they're able to worship God from the innermost part of their being. That is the church that needs to return. When I went to the police force, they gave us six months of training. And six months of training they probably could have done in a month. The other five months was just to absolutely mess us around and keep us fit and running around poles and climbing trees and crazy stuff, you know. But there was a period of six months that I had to go through. And in the army, it's a period of two years. You got to go to your basics for three months or whatever because they've got to prepare you for what is coming. They prepare you how to handle a firearm. They prepare you how to arrest a person. They prepare you in the, what are the laws of the land and what you need to do and, and what you need to look for. And if, if we've got to send the men that we send into battle for training first, how much more don't we as believers need to go through our basics? That we need to go through our six months of training. Getting to know the word of God. Getting to understand who God is. Getting to understand our perimeter and the coining and the anointing and the gifts and the fruits and, and, and the fivefold ministry in our lives. Why? Because when we stepped out of that college, they were convinced that we were able to do our job 110%. Things have changed. That was PC. But we've got to ask ourselves, how much do we see ourselves as warriors? Do we see ourselves as men and women they're going to battle every single day? Or is it just something that you and I do? And this morning I want to encourage you. Start to put on the full armor of God. Start to see yourself when you wake up in the morning 
as that God that's stepping into that arena. And all the people that have gone before you are there, cheering you on, cheering you on. Come on. There's this tunnel that they formed, and you're running down the tunnel. And they're cheering. Why? Because they believe in you. But you see, they can only believe in you when they believe in what you believe. Or they understand what you believe. You see, nobody sends a guy with a broken leg into a gladiator arena. Why? Because everyone wants to win. They send the best of the best of their best into the arena. And I wonder if God had to stand down today and just choose who are the best of the best of the best are going to go to battle with him. How many of us would make it? And yet we've had over 300 days to sort out our stuff. 300 days to find out who we are. 300 days to find out what the future looks like. 300 days to find out our relationship with God and what he's doing in our lives. And I really want to encourage you in this time. And I know I've been pushing this for the last three weeks. But guys, I am so passionate to see the church come back on fire. I'm so passionate to go onto Facebook one day and there's no silly comments about, oh, you guys need food or you guys need money or you guys just need tithes. That people start to see the church arise and we don't have to wait for the churches to open because you and I can do that in our everyday lives right now. That every day people are watching you. Every day people are giving an account of your life. Every day people are seeing how you handle stuff. Now you handle stress. And that speaks testimony to so many people around us. And I want to pray right now for each and every one of you. And dear Walter, you can come do a song for me. If you've got a prayer request, straight after the song, we're going to start to pray. If you need any prayer, and we can do this every Sunday until further notice, until we know a little bit more about the regulations. But I really want to pray this morning that you'd understand the warrior calling on your life, the anointing that God has upon your life, the fact that you step into the arena, and when you step into the arena, all those that have gone before you, all those that have pioneered, are screaming you on. So Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. Lord, I know it's been crazy this morning, and I know daughters and Wi-Fi and fiber and everything's just crashed and burnt with us. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What matters is that we're here this morning. What matters is that we're entering the arena of life today girded with the whole arm of God. So that the passion says, don't leave one piece out. The whole arm of God. That as soldiers we go in war. As soldiers we understand the calling of God upon our lives. That we will be victorious through Christ Jesus who strengthens us. And so I want to pray for every person this morning, Father, that maybe you've just fallen by the wayside. Maybe you're not as strong as you used to be. Maybe your faith has taken a real knock during this COVID pandemic. And I want to pray today that God will touch you. I pray today that you hear His voice. I want to pray for a fresh anointing upon your life today. Just do where you are this morning. Just, just close your eyes. Just, just keep your eyes closed. And I really want you to just take a moment this morning and to visualize your life as this arena, this incredible arena that God has put you in. And God has only put you in the arena. Why? Because He knows the calling upon your life. He knows that you can do the impossible. He knows that you can be strengthened at this time. And so if you need prayer, I want you just to, just to put it out there.
Just put it on the comment section and we're going to pray. But as devil does a song, I just pray, Holy Spirit of God, that you would come and that you would just fill us with your love and your grace and your mercy this morning, I pray in Jesus' name.